Welcome. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I host a weekly radio show that gets turned into this podcast, the one you're listening to right now. If you're an early riser, you can listen live every Monday starting at 7 a.m. on WPRK 91.5 FM. It also streams on WPRK.org, or you can subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Regardless of where you listen, this show is about people from the Orlando area who are doing something neat. Today's neat person, Ryan Semple, artist Ryan Semple. We're going to talk about his approach to artwork, where his inspiration comes from, how he interacts with music, some bad business ideas. There's a pop quiz on art. It's a really good show. You should listen to the whole thing. If you only have time to listen for a little bit, listen to the very funniest parts. That would be my recommendation. For more on Ryan Semple and all the other guests, please visit to a certain degree.com. And now, on with the show. Los de Abajo on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, from the compilation Zero Accidents on the Job. That was Pepe Pez to get you started this morning. I thought that uh, something to wake people up would be good. A little dancing music. We got dancing here in the studio. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. I do this every week, and every week I have a very special guest. This week, no exception, Ryan Semple is here. Good morning, Ryan. Morning. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Getting up early and coming out to the radio station. You're up fairly early anyway, though, for the most part, I would imagine. Yeah, usually for the the coffee shop. Yep, coffee shop. You're an artist. You're a professional, semi-professional arm wrestler, from what I understand. Amateur at best. Okay, well, we'll go into that, and we'll definitely do some arm wrestling on the air because I think that translates really well to radio. But before that, obviously, I need to get to know you a little bit better. So the way we do that on this show is we play a game, a 20 questions game. So I just want to get your opinion on some things that are important to me, that are important to the listeners, because I've gone through and surveyed all of the listeners. It's very easy on this show because there's only about eight of them and figured out what's important to them. But instead of saying yes or no, up or down, we're going to play a game called Harry Potter or the Goblet of Fire. So Harry Potter, hero, orphan, wizard. Now, admittedly, he has some issues like poor eyesight and he can talk to snakes, which I think is a little bit weird. But overall, from what I understand, I've never read any of the books or seen the movies, a good dude. Is that correct? Is that your understanding of Harry Potter? That's how... I've always taken it. Great. A goblet full of fire. Who would want something like that? Maybe if it's cold out, but that would ruin the goblet. You don't want to ruin your goblets, do you, Ryan? No, and it'd yeah. probably be really hot. Much more efficient ways to disperse heat. And by the way, it's a little chilly outside, so it wouldn't maybe be that bad to have a goblet of fire. But again, it would ruin everything. So Harry Potter, you, you hear something and you're like, yes, I'm for that. You say Harry Potter. You hear something that you're not necessarily totally against, but you're like, eh, not for me. Mm-hmm. Goblet of fire. Alrighty. Okay. Let's play. Let's get started. Uh, so we had Easter yesterday, and as a Greek Orthodox, as being uh, raised in Greek Orthodox uh, culture, uh, our Easter is actually next weekend, so these are still be around. Mm-hmm. Chocolate bunnies. How do you feel about that? Harry Potter or Goblet of Fire? Mm. I'll say Harry Potter. 
Yeah, you're good with that? Yeah, I'm I'm not the biggest fan. Like, I won't go out and buy one. But if I get one gifted, I'll probably eat, eat it. it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, nice. I'll pick at it. So it, it's always fun because you're eating this, the, the animal, right? Mm-hmm. So there's some sort of... Primitive. Yeah, like you're, I, I, I have killed this, I've hunted and gathered it, and now I get to eat it. <laughs> So, it's given to you in a box. Like yeah. it can't get any easier than that, right? Right. It's <laughs> it's fish in a barrel. It's chocolate bunnies in your basket. Okay. Good. <laughs> I'm glad to know that. Driverless cars, Harry Potter or Goblet of Fire. It just sounds like it, I'm saying a bunch of words in a row, but I'm asking, how do you feel about driverless cars? Uh, I'll say Harry Potter. You, you're on the fence on this one. Yeah. Only only because of the possibility of technology failing and or taking over. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's always that slight fear, but I think well, for the most part, I'm, I'm happy with where technology is going and, yeah. and the efficiency behind it. Technology. But, if you're listening, mm-hmm. we're, we're very happy with you. Thank yeah. you so much for all that please you don't, do. Please don't, don't, don't kill me. <laughs> yeah. Or we can be last on the list cause we're, we're, we're pro technology yeah. or I'll, I'll be like a jester. Or technology. That would be great. I think they would need jesters and artists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. I'll entertain. Uh, so would you get in one right now? Yeah, I would get in one. And yeah. I don't I don't fear I don't fear them all that much, I guess. Currently. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. We'll see what we can do about that. Uh, professional <laughs> wrestling. Like, you like a, Olympian or no, like WWE? No, like WWE. <sighs> Harry Potter or Goblet of Fire? That's tough. Um, I think it's really silly, mm-hmm. but it's entertaining, which I guess is the job. So Harry Potter. Okay. <laughs> All right. You're finding the positive in a lot of things. I like it. I yeah. like it so far. Okay. Let's go. Important one. Jerky. Oh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. You're good with jerky. Yeah. I'm really disappointed that the the jerky box we saw earlier was empty and there was no jerky. There was uh, just this beautiful looking box of jerky. And so jerky always looks enticing in the store until you see the price of it. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, if it's not on sale, I'm not buying it. But I would really go for some jerky right now. And the packaging always just looks excellent. I don't, the yeah. way they market jerky is, yeah. is it amazing. It appeals because uh, you can see, obvi- uh, a lot of times you can see the meat, right? You exactly. can see it beforehand because mm-hmm. you want to you want to be able to see the coloring and mm-hmm. everything else and you're like, yeah, this is I need again, that. hunter-gatherer type of situation with the chocolate bunnies. Mm-hmm. Chocolate bunnies full of jerky, by the way. Oh, like chocolate on top of the jerky? No, no, no. Like, you know, it's a hollow out chocolate bunny mm-hmm. so it's just basically the container you open up the ears and then you can pick out jerky, jerky? out of it oh. and then you get to finish off the bunny later i think which now has a certain tinge of meat to it <laughs> that's like next level on the the whole like primitive thing yeah okay <laughs> bad business idea we're gonna call that tinge of meat i like it uh how do you feel about colonizing mars um Goblet of Fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not opposed to us going to Mars, but I think there's a lot of things we need to fix here before we start moving over there. You know, okay. we we need to refine what we have here on Earth because otherwise we're just going to end up on another planet doing the same thing. 
Right. Yeah. Just so we'll just planet hop and ruin them all. Yeah. And then we're going to run out of places to go. It would seem that way. From what I understand, there's only eight or nine planets in the solar system. It's not a big selection. So let me ask you this then, uh, notwithstanding how you feel about the Earth and what we're doing here and what we need to do first in order to go there, would you ever want to go to another planet? Would you ever want to go to Mars? Yeah, I would go. Yeah, just to experience it. Just to say I went. Yeah. Get the postcard. Make some art there. Yeah. There's going to be some galleries. You might want to do an opening or two there. Open the first one. Yeah, (laughs) I like that. Uh, How long have you lived in Florida? Hmm see because you're not 20, from here originally uh so i was born in texas okay and then we moved here when i was like a year old oh okay and then so. i did one other year up in pennsylvania when i was uh like six or seven Got but it. yeah for the most part so the i've most always part been here. in orlando okay so i i pretty much grew up around here so then how do you feel about the beach harry potter or goblet of fire Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I'm probably not as obsessed as some people. Like, I don't go every summer. Like, I haven't been for probably the past two summers. I haven't, yeah. like, actually gone and sat on the beach. Uh, yeah, I like it. It's one of those things I think we we as Floridians probably take for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you go to another state, you go somewhere where there's maybe mountains or some other appeal, and then you might start missing the ocean. Or you might talk to somebody that's like, I want to go to the beach. I've never been, you know? And then you think, oh man, like I can go to the beach anytime. Anytime I want, yeah. So yeah, definitely Harry Potter because okay. the beach is awesome. What would you do there when you went? To the beach? Yeah. Um, I Something about the beach turns me into like a little kid again. Like I just want to run into the water and, you know, like swim on the waves and Splash around, yeah, and try, try to jump over the waves, yeah. you know, yeah, sand castles, burying people. All right, that that took a turn at the <laughs> end there. Uh, how do you feel about okay? So, today, well, April of 1876 is about the time when Pyotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky uh finished Swan Lake, so he was commissioned to do the music for Swan Lake, the ballet. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel about swans? I think they're beautiful. Yeah. So you're Harry Potter on that? Harry Potter. They're the symbol of the town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. I, I, I didn't have anything more than that. <laughs> what about zombies? Speaking of swans. Uh, zombies. Um, probably Goblet of Fire. Yeah? Yeah. You would I, actually use a Goblet of Fire on them? I mean... How else do you kill zombies? That's my understanding. Is it's a yeah, <laughs> it's it, only a goblet. That of fire. particular book in the Harry Potter series was zombie related, was it not? Totally. Yeah. Okay. That's the way I Again, read it. Never read. I read it from back to front, them. and that's exactly the interpretation. A lot I got. of zombies. Like, a lot everybody of zombies that died came back to life. <laughs> nice. Spoiler alert: People die in that book. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you feel about zombies? Goblet uh, of Fire. Yeah. Um, Why is that? I guess when I think zombies, I think movies yep. or TV shows, and I think it's really saturated. Um, I really can't think of too many movies that have done really good with the idea of zombies or just the the, the idea has been like run into the ground, I feel like, personally. A lot of your artwork is pop culture 
uh, themed, it's related, it's inspired by, I would say. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, like cartoons. A lot of cartoons are found in my work or a lot of inspiration was taken from cartoons from when I was a kid. So thinking about that, and I'm sure this kind of predates when you were a kid, but the uh, Disney remaking cartoons mm-hmm. uh, into live action movies, how do you feel about that? Mm. Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I don't think it's been long enough that we can justify remaking some of the movies. I think there should be like a an amount of time that has to pass before we can be like, hey, we're going to make this again. Because like they're making the Lion King movie, right? Yeah. And Lion King came out, what, early 90s? 94 so, maybe, yeah. Yeah, so. Like 25 I, years later. Yeah, I was alive for that and now I'm going to be alive for the next <laughs> one. Like it should be like that generation of people has to pass on before we make a remake. It's almost, yeah, it's interesting because it's almost like we'll just get rid of sequels altogether. Yeah. This year the cartoon version will come out. We'll see how it does. Yeah. Next year will be the live action the year after that, we'll do it again, but in space, you know, that <laughs> and then I, zombies. Yeah. And then obviously zombies. That's a good call on that one. All right. How do you feel about cursive, the handwriting style, not the band? Mm. Did you have to learn cursive when you were a kid? Just in elementary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they kept telling us, you're going to have to use this for the rest of your life. You're going to have to use it. And, you know, they we told you that about it. a lot of things. That's true. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think after, like once I got to middle school, we never had to use it again. And uh, I, I never really went on to learn. Um, I, I still like practice on occasion and like my sketchbook. I'll just like yeah. take a random interest sometime and like maybe writing like a word or my name or something in cursive just to, I guess kind of retain that skill. I mean, it was never good to begin with, but it's still kind of there. So I feel like it's probably some valuable trait. Maybe that's how uh, we'll communicate with aliens. Oh, for sure. They speak in cursive or in the arrival when they're doing those weird circles with all the little intricacies and patterns. Yeah. That was just basically advanced cursive. Yeah. I think with the amount of cursive I know, I could be like the main character in that movie. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, just yeah. meet with the aliens and be like, oh, that kind of looks like a cue. Hey, guys. Write it down. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Um, you started drawing, though, later on in school, right? Because I was always wondering if people who uh, end up becoming artists mm-hmm. really took to cursive and saw that as an artistic expression. But did you ever find that there was a connection there between drawing, sketching, artwork, and uh, cursive necessarily? I th- I think I could recognize the the artistic value of cursive, mm-hmm. like you're saying. Um, it never, again, like I never like really seeked out to learn how to do it better. Um, probably a little bit more now, like it intrigues me a little bit more now, but I guess when I first started drawing, I didn't really think of cursive like that. It wasn't until later on that I saw like the value of it and how it translated to like art in general. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm getting to know a lot about you. I'm also keeping score. I don't know if people realize this, but obviously there's a right and wrong answer yeah. to everything. Uh-oh. And so I am keeping score. Oh. So I'll let you know uh, after the show is over how you did. Uh, the Game Boy, Nintendo's Game Boy, 
on April 21st, which was yesterday, 1989. So it's the 30th anniversary of the Game Boy. Harry Potter or the Goblet of Fire on Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have one growing up? No, no doubt. Yeah. (laughs) I was a big, I was big into games. I think I had a, well, I was big into Nintendo. Yep. Like primarily. Uh, Yeah. I think I had like every console growing up. So what were your favorite games to play growing up? Oh, uh, I was They're not to, listening, so you're yeah. not going to hurt anybody's feelings by saying one over the other. <laughs> uh, definitely big into like Pokemon. Yep. Uh, like the Mario franchise. I loved all that. Uh, I loved like Tetris. Like they had like Tetris on the Game Boy. That was always fun. Um, I remember on the Super Nintendo, they had uh, Mario Paint. And that was, I, I was probably like four or five. When I was playing this, I would go to my uh, uncle and aunt's house and uh, they had the Super Nintendo and they had that game and we didn't have that at home. So, you know, after like a holiday dinner, you know, I'd sneak away and then go play that. And that was probably like one of my earliest, like, uh, like outside of like drawing at home, like something in like a digital format or something that wasn't like, you know, analog. So that was kind of cool. Like looking back on it, it probably had some sort of influence. We can see if we go back through your portfolio, mm-hmm. we'll see the uh, Mario Paint uh, influences throughout. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, good. Let's see. We got a couple more left, and then we'll move on from this. But again, thank you for getting to know you a little bit better, Ryan Semple. Tiny Houses, Harry Potter or the Goblet of Fire? I like them. Yeah? Yeah. I think they're pretty cool. Would you? Are you in a position where you could move into one right now? Yeah, I could do one. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually like we've considered my uh my girlfriend and I have considered actually moving into one. We think it would be really uh I don't know, really fun. Really um how would I say? I I'm I'm very minimalist. I yeah. love like minimal things, so I think moving into a lifestyle like that kind of forces you to be that way. So that's what appeals to you about it. I think so. Yeah, yeah. you have no choice, right? Like you can't bring in a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I I love it's going to sound weird, but I like cleaning. I find it kind of therapeutic. I'm sure other people do too, sure. but um I think just having less space to clean is good. And um I've never really found the appeal to having like a big home. I don't really think I need all that space. It's kind of unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think something little would do the job. You know, something that I can go home to and sleep and cook and um, but then do my of, art in. But, yeah, but I want to be able to, a little bit. Yeah, yeah I want to be able to separate myself from home and not be like such a homebody to, you know, kind of like force me to be outside. Because I think like right now I probably spend too much time indoors so could we do could we accomplish the same thing if your house had more ejector seats? So like it forces you to be outside by literally pushing you out. Yeah. 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 Okay. That'd be kind of fun. It I mean, would, be. would would you have a parachute or no parachute? I would go parachute. Okay. I, I would not want safety to be an issue. Yeah. I think if there's one thing you know about me, it's <laughs> safety is my number one concern. Yeah. I don't think there's any life after no parachute, right? <laughs> uh, it would be injury unless you can aim it for a pool or something. Oh, that'd be kind of cool, right? All right. Okay. We're going to take this pool. offline. All right. Last <laughs> question for now. 
cobbler, the dessert, not the person who fixes your shoes. Mm. I used to not be a fan of cobbler. Okay. I'm not big into pastries like that, but I recently had some blueberry cobbler and it was excellent. So I'm going to have to go to Harry Potter. So were you a pie guy beforehand or was it just like, you know, you're more on the chocolate side of things uh, because pastry doesn't really appeal to you? Yeah, more more on the chocolate side. Okay. There's there's some pies I like. I like pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. Um, some apple pie I like, but I don't know. Something about like fruit and pastries I get kind of weird about. Some people do. Warm fruit is uh, is weird to people. Yeah. Yeah. Which is how nature intended it for it to be. Because if you go out to fruit in nature, probably going to be pretty warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been in nature. Uh, Ryan Simple, thank you so much. Uh, people want to follow you. They can do so on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Those are your main two. Those uh, are the best places. Yeah. So that's at ryry.simp. And then if you're on Facebook, you can just look up The Art of Ryan Semple. Pretty much just look up Ryan Semple. Yeah, you'll find me. And Semple, S-E-M-P-L-E. Yeah, not to be confused with the I. Yes, exactly. Well, let's listen to another song. And, uh, you know, this goes out to the technology listeners out there, the robots, the AIs of the world who are monitoring all of our broadcasts just to see who's going to be more open to a takeover of some kind. This is Marina and the Diamonds with I Am Not a Robot on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Chances are you're attending the 28th annual Orlando International Fringe Theater Festival from May 14th through the 27th, 2019. Come and say hi to me, not in a show though, I will be there at the Fringe Feels table. To a certain degree, this show is sponsoring Fringe Feels. At the table, you will be able to write or type, because I'll have typewriters, a thank you note to the performers, to the volunteers, to the festival staff, the awesome people there that put it on and make it all possible for free. Show your gratitude without worrying about your terrible handwriting, or if you have excellent handwriting, Maybe you're a good drawer. That's fine. There will be colored pencils. Stay up to date. Follow Card and Fast on Instagram. Dates and such will be posted there. Now back to the show. Marina and the Diamonds on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. I am not a robot. Sorry, I was just saying that out loud. Uh, because that sounded a lot more angry than I wanted it to be. I, I feel like I would make a good robot. That's all I'm saying. Good morning. My name is Nick. Uh, you're listening to a certain degree. This is not robot talk. If you thought you were tuning in for that, that is at another time, probably on this station without guest, uh, Ryan Semple. Good morning, Ryan. Be boo boo bop. Yes, exactly. Actually. So we're going to start that show. I think at some point is why we would make great robots and please uh, let us live through the AI apocalypse. Please. Dot com. We'll also <laughs> register that as a URL. Ryan Semple, my special guest today. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. People can follow you on the Instagram and also on the Facebook and see your artwork and interact with you there. Mm-hmm. And so I was reading an interview with you and so just wanted to kind of sum up if you could 
uh, chime in here on your life. I'll go ahead and sum up your life if you want to chime in at any point and let me know if I'm getting it right or wrong. Yeah. I'll make some assumptions. <laughs> but uh, you started drawing, uh, seriously drawing. You took a class as a freshman in high school. Is that right? Yeah. And yeah. so that I, was kind of your gateway drug? Kind of, yeah. That was what, I guess, awoke me. So thinking about, you know, we talk about professional artists mm -hmm. um, and we think about one of these stereotypes is the starving artist. And did that go through your mind when you were looking at things going, okay, I'm really passionate about this. This brings me a lot of joy. This is something that I feel like I'm good at and people react to, which mm -hmm. I, I really appreciate as well. I would imagine that being part of a, a visual artist is that, you know, the seeing somebody react to your piece, not just buying it, but also like going up and looking at it and studying it and maybe coming over and talking to you afterwards. What was your initial reaction to this thought of being an artist full time? And how did that change over time? Like, did you, did you start drawing and you were like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do? So when, when I took that drawing class in high school, um, I never had the initial intent with pursuing art full time. It was just, I found like a passion in it again. And, and uh, I loved doing it, but at that time I was just kind of listening to what everybody else was doing and what people were telling me I should do. And really just got turned off to the idea of trying to pursue any sort of creative route just because they always tell you, you know, there's no money in it or there's no stability. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of turned off to the idea for a while. And I kind of just juggled doing art for fun, like here and there. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until only a couple of years ago that I like started to see that, you know, this was something possible. I think with like social media, there's a lot more accessibility to it and a lot more like self-promotion. You don't necessarily need to know uh, a curator or a gallery to, to really put yourself out there. You can do it all on your own. It's mm -hmm. just like kind of what you're willing to put into it. So um, yeah, at first I really had no, no desire to do it just because of what other people were telling me. But, you know, as I found my own path, I, I really started to open up and, and see that it was something possible. I just have to put the work in just like anything else. You know, sure. if you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer, you have to go to school for so long and sacrifice a lot of things along the way you know, being an artist is very similar and, you know, you're sacrificing a lot. You might sacrifice having money or having like the time to go out and do certain things, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, ultimately what you want out of life. Do you, when people ask you what you do, do you say I'm a working artist? Like how do you react to that question? <laughs> so that <laughs> I'm still, still trying to fit that in, like yeah. say that I'm an artist because um, I do have like day jobs that, you know, pay the bills. So I'll usually bring those up. And then I've tried to be a little bit more intentional about how I, you know, like bring up that I'm an artist. It's always hard too, because it's like uh, when somebody like asks what you do and, you know, like if this is at work, if somebody asks me what I do outside of where I'm at, where I'm working, um, I tell them that I do art. And that's a very like vague statement. And then, yeah. you know, the follow-up question is always like, what type of art do you do? And that's, it's always so hard to describe work because it's, you know, it's a visual thing. So, uh, but to answer your question, um, I do try to fit in that I'm an artist just to, to make that more known or, or I think by 
by vocalizing that I'm an artist, it makes me like kind of validate myself a little bit more. Yeah, it kind of normalizes it for yourself as well, because then it's, you know, we you have this effect on social media where if you say something, you're doing something, mm-hmm. you almost feel more obligated to do it because you've put it out there into the world. Exactly. I think almost saying that you're an artist and telling people that, even launching your, I don't know when you launch your Facebook uh, page for your artwork, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, having the the thing that you do on the side, this passion project, it's just easy to kind of put everything in your personal account. Mm-hmm. And I know this sounds weird that we're taking Facebook and social media that seriously, but there is something to be said for the separation of that into its own thing. It feels much more serious. It feels much more real mm-hmm. for people. And, you know, the next step would be creating a website for it and selling things online and doing those sorts of things. And it becomes more and more genuine. Not that it wasn't before, but it just be, it feels more real as you take those steps. Has been my experience. Mm-hmm. Is that very similar for you? Is uh, you know kind of taking the step and making it more real by not only telling people you're an artist, but having a place that they can go and see your artwork. Yeah, yeah. I um, I think like for me, setting up goals is very important. Um, and like for this year, I would love to open a website. I think that's kind of like my next step into things, you know, like social media is awesome. Um, it can be a little bit, um, a little bit hard when people want to see like your website and you Mm -hmm. don't have one. So I think that would be like that next step in professionalism is just having like a one-stop shop where they can go and learn everything about me, you know, because social media is limiting in that like, there's just primarily photos and there's not a whole lot about who you are or like what you've worked with. You know, you kind of have to go to each individual post. It's not, it's not very organized. So I have two questions regarding social media. Uh, One is as an artist, I, I think for, for most businesses, there's this feeling that not that I'm comparing you to a business, of course, but there's this feeling that, you have to continuously feed this this thing. You have to be on the hamster wheel all the time making content. And so you have to make some videos and you have to make some, you have to take photos in a certain way and things like that. Um, how has that affected you as an artist? Because it's, so it's not just about the work that you do, the cutting of the wood and the painting and the putting it all together and uh, bringing your vision to life. It's about sharing that too. Um, is that something you enjoy? Is it something you feel obligated to do? How has that really affected your work and, and where does that stand for you? Social media is funny because I think if it weren't for art, I probably wouldn't be on social media or I wouldn't find the appeal to it all that much. Um, so it really is just an avenue for you to share. Kind of, but I think in being an artist and kind of being... I don't want to say forced, but um, choosing to use social media as a platform for me to to get my work out there, um, it kind of gets me out of my comfort zone and forces me to do something that I probably wouldn't normally do. Um, and then on top of that, I think with um, like curating posts and like trying to tailor the right post for whatever like project I'm working on or whatever I'm trying to to show the world, I think. Um, I think it's it's an art in itself because I'm trying to um, show 
what it is I'm doing, but I also want to retain that that personality in it. Like when I make something, I want it to to be in line with who I am. Mm-hmm. Or like if people know me, then they know, okay, like he made this video. It's very fitting of who he is and the things that he's interested in. So I think there's there's a whole like art in itself there. To share all the complete story. Exactly. Yeah. My other question, um, so one of the things I did last year was I did a lot of markets. So I did some 3D print stuff and I did, excuse me, some typewriter stuff. And I had a lot of fun doing it, but I noticed something that happens to people when they're at the markets as sort of visiting and they're walking around and they're thinking about purchasing something is they don't want to be sold on things. They don't necessarily want to stop and talk to you unless they're going to buy something. And I think that's the shame because then you miss out on a conversation about how somebody uh, worked on something, how somebody created something, what their thinking was, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. When it comes to artwork on Instagram and things like that, I think people might miss out on the opportunity too to talk to an artist either because they are interested in potentially purchasing something or they're interested in potentially uh, having you make something for them. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that most artists, or a lot of artists, uh, are open to that. If you want to communicate, if you want to uh, slide into your DMs, but for uh, co- you know commission work rather than other things, um, that's something that people are totally open to. Do you have any advice for people who... You know, I, I see something, Ryan, I saw something on your Instagram that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was wondering how much it was, you know, is it just as simple as that? Yeah, I um, like if people are interested in purchasing work. Um, yeah, just reaching out to me through a personal message. I can usually, you know, handle it all through there. For like client work, I'll usually um, have them shoot me an email and then I have like a, a commission form that I'll send back. And that way there's just a better thread for communicating um, projects like that. Just because I think doing that through social media can be a little bit more difficult. Um, What's the process for uh, uh, something like a commission? Like how do you work with somebody in terms of, hey, I really like this piece mm-hmm. and I really like this. Can you kind of put it together? Do you sketch stuff out? Do you go step by step with them? Or is it more along the lines of you appreciate, you know, a, a client where you can, you know, have a, a broad sort of palette, pun intended, to mm-hmm. do what you want for them, uh, maybe understanding a little bit about them? For, for commission work, um, I've been very lucky in that um, most people have been pretty, pretty open to like my interpretation of whatever it is they're wanting to have done. So um, they've kind of given me free reign on most things. You know, I'll try and um, cater the work to to fit whoever it is um, that I'm making the work for. Um, a lot of a lot of the commissions that I've done have been, you know, like, oh, I saw this piece and I want something similar. Mm-hmm. So they kind of give me that foundation. Okay, like. Here's some um, elements from the work that they saw and how can I incorporate that into this? Um, So yeah, I'll just like sketch out different ideas and then um, I'll kind of choose my favorite of the bunch and then, you know, I'll send them an idea of what I was thinking and kind of um, explain like what I'm thinking for different parts of the piece. 
and then they'll kind of say yay or nay to certain things and then kind of go from there and then yeah it's kind of like a um like a weekly basis like oh here's like an update what are you thinking mm-hmm. and then i'll kind of get feedback and then progress from there so it is a collaborative process if people are looking for uh, a commission of some kind yeah i would say do you so let me ask you this if somebody says hey i want a commission i want something original go wild mm-hmm. do whatever you want is that like that almost seems harder to me than if somebody says i have this idea or maybe you know this color palette or it has to go in this room and fit in this area mm-hmm. is that true cuz I, I i'm not an artist so i don't know if one over the other is more difficult or you know in its own way uh, harder mm-hmm. you know it's it's a lot more daunting when i'm given that like uh open range cuz it's kind of like a like there's you know, call to artists where they'll kind of just like, oh, it's like any theme, you know, it's like, oh, what do I make? You know, like there's endless possibilities, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of start looking inward. And and for me, I'll, I'll kind of just think about whatever I'm interested at the time or whatever um, I'm wanting to try out. And I'll... So maybe experiment a little bit? A little bit, yeah. I, I won't go like too wild, but I'll, I'll like, oh, I want to try... Like my most recent project, um, I wanted to try uh, like some different glue, like different wood glue, because, you know, like what better way to try something new out than to try it on something that kind of had like a open range theme. Sure. So it's just little things like that that I'll I'll try out. Nice. The um, the process of actually creating. Mm hmm. Do you lock yourself in a room and you can't be around other people? Do you like to be outside? Do you have music blasting? I mean, obviously you're listening to a certain degree podcasts all the time when you're working. Uh, I Definitely. didn't want to, I, I don't want to uh, understate that, but uh, how do you, what's your actual process like? Um, so usually um, I'll have to sit down um, and kind of just, Whatever, whatever I'm trying to achieve, um, I'll kind of draw out what I know. And then if I'm um, wanting to include certain elements that maybe I'm not familiar with drawing, you know, I'll use reference pictures from the Internet to kind of give me a better understanding of whatever it is I'm trying to achieve with the piece. Um, and then once I have somewhat of an idea that I like, I'll kind of like draw different variations of it over and over and over. It's kind of like my maddening process of just drawing something over and over until it's um, something that I feel comfortable drawing without needing like a reference photo. You Mm -hmm. know, you're making it your own. Um, And then um, I'll kind of like sit on the idea for a little bit. You know, I won't act on it right away because I want to make sure that I'm sure of going forward with it so because you might be very enthusiastic about an idea in the moment Mm -hmm. but then a different set of eyes later on you might realize well maybe this would be better or you know i this might be really difficult to do Mm -hmm. in the end yeah Um, yeah yeah i sit on i have i have so many sketchbooks and i sit on so many ideas for so long and a lot of times when i run into that like artist block all you know, start pulling those sketchbooks out and look back on old ideas and like, okay, like what can I use what I'm working with now and and put it into this old idea 
how can I like make this better than what I originally planned? Yeah. What about music? What are you listening to? Or right do now? you listen to do you listen to music? Some people need the silence. Some people need um, uh, music in the background with no words because that distracts them. I was curious about what your creative process and what your interaction with music is. Uh, yeah, so a lot of music. I'll listen to podcasts, but um, probably a little bit more music. I think for me, um, I like a lot of instrumental music just because there's not a whole lot of words. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like there's a whole lot of um, influence on my mood or thoughts when there's no no word like no lyrics in the the music um so it doesn't like sway me as much um sometimes i'll sit in silence if i feel like i need a breather from all of that but yeah for the most part um a lot of like instrumental music um i mean soundtracks or a lot of electronic music your sketches i was looking at some of them this past week and this past weekend and they look like they could very easily translate to tattoos. Mm-hmm. And I was just curious how you felt about that because I think that, you know, that's another medium that artists work gets translated into. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you have a couple of tattoos at least um, from what I can see. You know, you came in here shirtless, which is very interesting take <laughs> on uh, take on the radio show. But, uh, you know, whatever works for you. But, um, yeah, I was curious if you ever thought about would this translate to skin? Could this be a tattoo? You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's ever asked you to design a tattoo. Yeah, I've had a couple commissions. Oh, yeah. Actually, one of my more recent commissions was a tattoo design. Oh, wow. Um, uh, a friend of mine is looking to get uh, his, his entire arm covered in tattoos, and he's getting animals playing different instruments. He's a musician. Um, and he actually had his uh, uh, hound that passed away. I, I drew it up and it was playing like an upright bass. So that was like a recent piece that I did. Um, tattoos are challenging though because um, things don't always translate from paper to skin sure. so well. So a lot of times with uh, tattoos, I'll kind of, I'll draw up an illustration and then, um, you know, give it to the person and then depending on like if they have tattoos or not. Um, If they do have tattoos, they generally know like, okay, like this is probably going to get changed a little bit when the tattoo artist goes to work in. And then if they don't have tattoos, I'll kind of explain, you know, like, hey, you can show this to the tattoo artist. They're probably going to change some things to like cater it to wherever you're putting it on your body or for the integrity of their own work. You know, like some people don't necessarily want to mimic somebody else's style. So they'll kind of put themselves into it. Right, and that's kind of why you're working with a tattoo artist mm-hmm. uh, in the first place in some cases. So you want some uh, uniqueness to it or some of their style and flair exactly. incorporated in it. I like the idea of you eventually getting to the point where you're trying to work in the different parts of the body. Like maybe somebody has a big mole and they want you to make something around that. Oh, yeah. Does that sound appealing on any level? Oh, yeah. Now that I yeah. said it out loud, it actually sounds pretty gross. I saw this tattoo. Somebody got a a cow on their stomach, right? And the cow oh boy. was... <laughs> I think I know where this is going. <laughs> and the cow was turned around and uh, the belly the button belly was button, used. <laughs> yeah, very uh, strategically, if you will. Yes. Yeah. It was a big yeah. belly button. <laughs> uh, Ryan Semple is my guest today. We're going to... Um, uh, actually, the first hour is already over. Wow. Yeah. 
goes by quickly. I'm Us. a joy to talk to. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, so we can catch you on the Instagram mm-hmm. at ryesemp, ry.semp, R-Y dot S-E-M-P. Um, what do you want? What kind of interactions do you want from people? Like, let's say somebody's listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's it's very easy to just give a like. It's very easy to, um, uh, you know, just follow somebody. But having true interactions, especially with artists, I feel like is important uh, because if we just measure things based on likes and follows, um, that is, it, it, there's nothing real to that. So what do you like to hear from people when it comes to social media? Like what would you want to have them interact and how? Mm, I like to see and hear other people's stories. I want to know what they're about and you know how they got into what they're doing um i'm i want to learn more so if somebody's you know handy in doing something or they have some some trade skill that um they're willing to share with the world you know i want to i want to learn from that so um, social media is hard because i feel like you can't get a lot of exchange from there you know it's pretty pretty surface level it's mm-hmm. hard to go go deeper so i don't know maybe maybe to just you know interact with people through there but meet up in real life oh yeah or do you feel like it's a good way to meet other local artists have you met a lot of other local artists through social media yeah i'll, I'll see a lot of their work and then maybe i'll see them at a show or something and i'll be like hey i recognize that person let me go let me go talk to them let me go see what they're about you know because i think a lot of artists are very like introverted and probably don't want to talk so i i try and make that effort to go out of my way to meet somebody mm-hmm. just to just to have that connection you know like I think it's good to have it there and I think it helps like when you actually know the person that you're following or supporting it's I think when you get that comment or that like you know it goes a little bit further than just some random stranger you know you want to have have that core like following of people and I think that's more important than anything all right so follow Ryan on Facebook Mm -hmm. on Instagram Mm -hmm. and see everything he's doing comment accordingly there are wrong answers. <laughs> there are always <laughs> wrong answers. And so let's play a song. We're at the end of the first hour. Next hour we've got coming up, Bad Business Ideas. Yes. There's a pop quiz, which will determine whether or not we're best friends. Uh, so stressful. not to put too much pressure on you, but yeah. Uh, and if you get only one question right or zero questions right, mm-hmm. uh, then we're bitter enemies. Uh, so there I'll is put my shirt back on. pressure. Yeah, please. <laughs> Very distracting. Uh, this past weekend was apparently a holiday called 420. I'm not familiar with the holiday, but I picked a song for it. Uh, Ben Harper, this is from a while back, a live from Bonnaroo, uh, burn one down. Um, and it also includes with my own two hands, but burn one down being the, the main song that I wanted to play today. Uh, thank you, Ryan Semple for being here. Will you continue to be here the next hour? Definitely. Excellent. Excellent. Continue listening. Or if you miss anything, any of the show, uh, you can go to a website called tocertaindirty.com and listen to past episodes. You can subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts. I encourage you to do so because it helps validate my existence. And you'll, be, you'll be happier. Oh, so much happier. What is it, the 30% uh, 
after listening happiness boost? Well, by being a guest on the show, mm -hmm. you get a 30% bump in the quality of your life. I've never actually thought about the listener. and uh, Probably bump. higher. It probably is. You'll get a 50% bump in the quality of your life. Higher, You're, I should say. Like not a bump down. Why would you not take that? Yeah, why would you not subscribe right now? Get on it. Okay, I'm sure they're yelling at their <laughs> radios as to why. So let's listen to Ben Harper on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Here's a question. Do you like trivia? If you said yes, check out Simon Time Trivia. Simon is a great host, and he has events seven nights a week all over Orlando. Nick, you say... What if I want to check out Simon's trivia skills with a Z before going to one of his many trivia nights? Did you, did you ask that? Did you say that? Were you thinking that? Check out the Simon Time Trivia Podcast that's available wherever you get your podcasts and also on pftmedia.com. As someone who used to write trivia questions for an America Online channel in exchange for free dial-up hours, I can really get behind the finesse of Simon's wordplay and his factual prowess. Didn't intend for that to sound so not safe for work, but there you are. For a full schedule, go to facebook.com slash Simon Time Trivia. Back to the show. Lenine on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, from the album Lenine in 2006. Hoya u quiero salir so. I'm going to assume that I said all of that correctly. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm getting a nod from my guest. Ryan Semple is here. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. The show that you're listening to is called To a Certain Degree. I do this every Monday. Every Monday I have a very special guest. Ryan Semple is a young up-and-coming artist here in the Central Florida area. You should go check out his work on Instagram and on Facebook, Ryan Semple, S-E-M-P-L-E, is uh, the way it's spelled, and you should look that up and find him on either of those channels. Follow him, converse with him, interact with him, and in general, you know, have good conversations like I'm having. I shouldn't be the only one to have good conversations with you. Make me laugh. Okay, and also make <laughs> him laugh, apparently. No, those are you know, all the requirements. No, uh, no pressure or anything, but just make Ryan laugh, which is a, the new game show that we're going to like on. It's like a dating app where you got to say the right thing to the girl. You so know, it's, it's like, like every she dating She won't talk app? to you yeah. unless, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Uh, Ryan is here and talking a little bit about your process uh, and other things. One of the things we do... During the 8 o'clock hour, we have a couple of things. We have a quiz, uh, but first is a little something I call bad business ideas. The reason I call it that is because they're terrible, terrible ideas. I used to say it was because it was like bad as in good. They're not. They're terrible ideas. So what I'd like to do, and the reason I do this is because, uh, you know, I come from a family of get quit uh get rich quick sort of schemers mm -hmm. and so we're always thinking about these things i'm just the only one brave enough to go on the radio usually we just talk about it to each other and then we get mad at each other for not doing these things mm -hmm. uh, which is why i don't go visit my family very often but now i'm going to get mad at you for not doing one of these things so first of all i want to know which one you think is better mm -hmm. 
and then actually go out there and start it because I feel like you have enough time and energy to do that. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so let's listen to the song first. Bad business ideas. It's time to pick just one. It's gonna be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on, have some fun. Ryan, may I call you Ryan? Yes. Great. A Quiet Place, Bird Box, The Happening. What do these movies, these thrillers, have in common? Mm. Are you familiar with all of them? Bird Box. Okay. So in all of them, mm-hmm. the antagonist, the, the, whatever the creature is that are attacking the humans, mm-hmm. go through sort of one of the senses. Mm-hmm. So in a quiet place, you can't make any noise or the aliens or whatever they are get you. Mm-hmm. In Bird Box, you can't look when you're outside or whatever it is the creatures are get you. Uh, in The Happening, you can't smell. Like it's, it's actually drives you mad if you smell the pheromone that the, uh, spoiler alert, trees are giving off because mm. trees are trying to kill us in that movie. So it's a popular trend. There's a lot of imitations out there like Hush and The Silence, which means we should probably jump on the bandwagon now before people get burned out on it if they aren't already. Now, how many senses do we have? Five. That's my understanding, yes. Sight has been covered. Mm-hmm. Smell and hearing that leaves two more that we could do. So rather than do one that's already been done, we're going to do a brand new movie. Mm-hmm. So this is my movie pitch to you. A bad business idea movie pitch that doesn't come up very often. So I'm you should this. feel very special. Uh, so we've got taste and touch. You touch something and you die. Doesn't yeah. really appeal to me. Taste. So in our movie, Return the Flavor, there are creatures who are now everywhere on earth that are attracted by people enjoying their food. If it's tasty, if it's delectable, if it's yummy, the creatures will kill you. What does that leave us with? A post-apocalyptic world where people eat the most bland and unappetizing things they can find. Like, think plain tofu or Coors Light. (laughs) Just stuff you wouldn't normally want to consume. Plain oatmeal? Exactly. And you're just, everyone's sad and everything is ground to a halt. Everyone is in very good shape. So that's a good point. Now, we finally have a protagonist come along. She has a great idea to trick the creatures by using food that people usually turn their nose up at. So off cuts of meat, for example, you know, like oxtail and liver and stuff like that. Um, Or ugly vegetables, right? The stuff that never gets to the store because they're like, oh, no one, it's perfectly edible, but no one will ever buy this. It works. The taste creatures, the flavor monsters are confused and disappeared because they see us eating stuff. They think that, oh, that can't possibly be appetizing and they're eating it. And now we live in a world where there is significantly lower food waste. And guess what? There's a twist. That was our intention all along because the movie wasn't the bad business idea. It was the production company we're going to start that's called Con The Go. We make movies that trick people into being better people. Ooh. A horror movie that reduces food waste. A rom-com that encourages solar power. An action movie that gets us to volunteer more. That's what we're all about at Con The Go. What do you think about that one? I'm digging it. So you thought I was pitching you a horror movie. Yeah. And I switched it up. I was hooked on the movie idea. Yeah. No, we'll still make the movie. Yeah. But now we're making multiple movies. Yep. We're going to make people better 
Because really, in a lot of movies, we're thinking about, like, uh, we were talking earlier about driverless cars, right? Mm -hmm. And so our perception of AI has been heavily influenced by uh, social media, well, pop culture, Mm -hmm. really, like movies like The Terminator and Matrix and things of that nature. We think that once they become sentient, and they will become sentient, Mm -hmm. they will kill us all, Mm -hmm. right? So what if we did the same thing but reversed it mm-hmm. where the heroes of all the movies, the things that save everyone are the technology or the things that are important to making the world a better place? I love it. Okay, great. So that is the production company. Are you ready? There's two ideas. That's just the first idea. Hold your horses, Ryan. Oof. You were letting all those horses go. Now hold them right. for a second. Here's the second idea. And I'm going to be a little bit of a downer here. I went to a couple of funerals in the last six months, and one was this weekend. So this is very top of mind for me. No matter how much we prepare for them, they always sneak up on us. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, they come out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. They schedule them at weird times. I had no time to get my pants let out because they obviously don't fit anymore because I haven't worn my suit in a while. I felt like, hey, if I ever, you know, die... And I have a funeral. I guess first assumption is that I die. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. If I have a funeral, I don't want people to be inconvenienced. Mm-hmm. That's where our new company, Ahead of Time Mortuary Planners, comes in. We throw you the funeral you want when you want it, and your guests have plenty of notice. So you're still alive oh, that's for awesome. this funeral. Then, so you have this great party, you have the funeral, everything is out of the way. Then when you die, everyone's like, oh, well, I already went to the funeral. That's fine. And then all you have to worry about is just being buried or whatever your wishes are. We'll take care of that, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, hopefully we know what that is. (laughs) Um, And then everybody else is super happy. So they get the, you know, thinking about the event itself, they get to hold the date. They can do all the travel plans. Maybe you plan it around something else going on in town. Maybe there's like a music festival that weekend. Um, So you go... You have the wake on Friday night. You guys can hang out on Saturday. You have the funeral Saturday night. And then Sunday, brunch, and everybody goes home. That's awesome. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, so ahead of time, funerals. Now, uh, you have a choice of two things. Do you have any questions on either one of them? No. No, you got got it. Uh, So we've got Return the Flavor, a movie from Con the Go. And then ahead of time, mortuary and event planners. And here's their tagline. So I don't know if this will influence you one way or the other. You can't spell funeral without real. And that's how we keep it real. Ooh. Yeah. I'm good at taglines. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you sold me on that tagline. <laughs> so you're going to do that ahead of time. Gonna, I thought you were going to say you can't spell funeral without fun. <laughs> oh, dang. That's better. You can use both. That's better. See, this is why you're perfect <laughs> for this. This is why you're going to run this company. Let's, yeah, let's you're going to run happen. this company into the ground. Literally. Because it's a funeral <laughs> company. Okay. Is that the one you choose? I think so, yeah, because it's like a celebration of life, I think. It really is. I think we, uh, uh, like, funerals are, like you said, so depressing, and a celebration of life should take place instead. So, yeah, Do I it. think. Taken care of. How cool would it be, you know, it's your funeral and you come in on like, um, you know, those like strings that like performers will come out on like oh, at yeah. concerts. Like yeah. You just come into your funeral like flying in. 
I, everything about and that. Like, thanks for coming to my funeral. I love you guys. Thank you so much. And, and now, because I would feel guilty if people were coming to my, like were inconvenienced by my funeral. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. Yeah. But if you're alive, at least you can be like, yeah, hey, we'll plan around it. I'll talk to the people, like the people I know have to be there. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to them and say, hey, what's this weekend like for you? Yeah. You know, or we could do that for them. Exactly. Yeah. So we find the optimal weekend for your, for your funeral. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to work on that. Let's play a song, Why Don't We, as, uh, as I'm sure we'll want to play afterwards. How about uh, the Pack AD? Uh, this is Making Gestures. Uh, this is actually from their album, The Funeral Mixtape, so that works out really well. The Pack AD on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. This episode was recorded live on April 22nd, 2019 on WPRK 91.5 FM. You will hear things on WPRK that you won't hear anywhere else. For example, Cellar Door on Tuesday nights from 9 to 11 with Sydney and Alex. Their music taste can be said to be at best all over the place, but they will guarantee 100% satisfaction if what you're looking for is to enhance or relive your teenage angst within any genre. And remember, you don't have to tune in on a radio. You can listen online. Stream it at wprk.org slash listen live. There's always something interesting happening, so listen early and often. The Pack AD on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, from their 2008 album, the Funeral Mixtape. That was Making Gestures. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. I am here every week. Every week I have the great honor of having a special guest. I keep inviting people and they keep coming, which is amazing. And so I, humbling, I think, on a certain level. So this week's guest, Ryan Semple. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning. S-E-M-P-L-E, if you want to search for him on Facebook, and Instagram, and I suggest you do if you like art, if you like, you know, art with a pop culture aesthetic, uh, comics, uh, skateboard culture, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really a lot of fun. And, you know, there's, there's, I feel like a, some humor to it. It's a hint of whimsy. Like you're having fun with what you're doing. For sure. Um, and I think what's interesting to me is anytime somebody, sort of creates their own palette, like has that vision of what they want to create and then creates their own palette. So you sometimes in some of your pieces will cut out pieces of wood, make it multidimensional along with painting it in order to get across what you're trying to convey. So I'm always uh, admiring. It's gone from being, when I was younger, I was jealous of people who were good in the visual arts because it was something that I just wasn't naturally good at. And of course, since I wasn't naturally good at, I didn't take the time to actually... Uh, practice because mm-hmm. that's the kind of guy I am. Um, so it's gone from jealousy to admiration. So maybe still a little bit of jealousy. So I want you to know if it looks like I'm getting angry at you, it's because I'm jealous of you. It's out of love. It's out of a place of love and respect. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's where that anger comes me. from. Yeah. <laughs> so Ryan, I wanted to ask, um, I ask just about every guest about this because I think it's really 
interesting. And it's, it's important to see where people have come from and especially in the art world, how they uh, have succeeded. So coming out of high school, Mm -hmm. what was your plan? And then what actually happened? And looking back at it, would you have any advice for anybody doing something similar to what you want to do? So after high school, um, I went to community college. I went to Valencia. Um, Really no hard plan in what I was going to do. I went with the intent of doing something with psychology just because I was interested in that particular, you know, uh, realm for a little bit. But so at that point, art wasn't necessarily on the table. No, not, not as a career. It was still at this point, just kind of like a hobby, something I did on the side, Mm -hmm. um, something for my own like leisure, but yeah, not, not anything too serious. Um, so yeah, I went to school, um, and then I changed my mind about psychology and then I felt the need that I had to do something that other people were doing. So I thought, oh, I can be an accountant. That sounds like it's stable. And then uh, once I got to like the business calc part of it and actually failed that class and I realized, well, maybe I'm not cut out for this. You know, I'm, I've never been a math person. So uh, I kind of like worked until I got my AA And at that point, uh, I was working at a car dealership and I was working full time and going to school part time and I was getting FAFSA and at some point, um, I wasn't being granted as much money. So I was paying out of pocket and it was just getting to be too expensive because I was living on my own and just, all the stuff adds up and you don't want to necessarily take on the added debt of taking out loans and stuff. Yeah, I, I never wanted to be in that position and I wasn't sure what I was going to school for. I wasn't sure about what I wanted out of life. So I said, well, let me let me stop going to school right now. You know, I, I got the AA and, you know, if I want to go back, I at least have this to go off of. So I decided to take a break and I was working more and I thought, oh, you know, like maybe I'll stay at this job because, you know, I've always been told, you know, you stick with one company and you write it out with them and they'll take care of you. But to be honest, I don't think that lifestyle, maybe for my parents, that generation, maybe for them that worked, but I don't think it's very sustainable now. And I don't think it's the lifestyle that people want now either. Mm -hmm. You know, people, people aren't, I don't want to say as committed, but I think we're realizing the satisfaction that goes along with that. Like, yes, there's some stability in our lives, Mm -hmm. but the overall satisfaction may not be there. Yeah. Like your quality of life. Like if you're not happy in what you're doing, then I feel like everything else falls. Like I was making a good amount of money and I was able to provide for myself and I had plenty left over for savings, but then you know, I was miserable and I'm like, what, what am I really doing with my life? And I, I struggled for a long time to decide what I was going to do. So I think being kind of in that pit for a while made me think about what I wanted out of life. And, um, you know, through a couple like personal interactions with um, people and getting out into more like art events, I started to see like, hey, like I'm really happy being here and mm-hmm. when I'm home and, you know, I was still creating for leisure but I found, you know, when I was creating, that's when I was most happy. And when I felt like I was 
bringing out the best of myself and like doing things that I wouldn't normally do. You know, it was just like being more than just content with life. You know, I, I was challenging myself in other ways, not just art, you know, I'm now I'm like learning to cook. That's like something I've taken on recently, like learning how to do that better. And, um, yeah, so I, I just found a lot of joy there. So when I, um, when I started to realize that I kind of hopped out of that job that I was doing and, and said, Hey, like I can make this happen. I just need a little bit more free time to do so. So, you know, I've taken on other jobs, but less strenuous jobs, less stressful jobs where, uh, the interactions are more meaningful and the relationships are better with people and it made me appreciate people better. So I think that has helped a lot in just my daily life and yeah, just having more energy to get into art has overall made me happier. Um, I think for anybody that's like kind of unsure what they want to do with their life or if they're not happy with their position, I think really it's just like sitting down and evaluating like what you want the most out of life, like where you align with the most and, you know, like just work towards getting there. Or if you feel like you're not in a, maybe a, position of uh monetary value to be there Mm. you know just know that like there's always jobs and i guess it's like what you're willing to sacrifice to have a better quality of life i think too often like people put themselves in in a position where they're unhappy and then they fill that void with money you know that's kind of the, the routine let me ask you about this i think a lot of this the and I apologize because I'm using stereotypes here, but when it comes to art and artists, mm-hmm. a lot of times um, they're very introverted. Mm-hmm. So, did you find it difficult to start going out to shows and start interacting with people? Um, I believe at a, a relatively young age you got something in the um, in uh, city arts, mm-hmm. right? In the uh, young or the youth artist uh, program that they do there. Yeah. Um, was that difficult for you? Was putting something out there, like you putting yourself out there, was that hard? Um, I don't, like for those like first shows, it was kind of difficult because yeah, you're just putting yourself on display and then me physically being there was kind of tough because I've, yeah, I've definitely always been kind of introverted. I mean, even to this day, I, I find myself uh, battling with like, socializing with people I mm-hmm. really try to take myself out of that when you know when when I'm at work you know I I want to just you know be to my work but I do try to make that uh step out of the boundary and talk to the person and you know just talk to them and have that meaningful relationship you know I think that's a lot of what I'm challenging myself to do now is to just be like out of that comfort zone because I want to like you know, I want to hide and be away from everybody, but yeah. I know that's no way to live and that's not, that's not going to be helpful to me. So I think, yeah, I think those first steps, you know, kind of prepped me for what was to come later. Um, I know where you work. I don't necessarily want to mention it mm-hmm. because, uh, but it's in the service industry. Mm-hmm. It's at a, a restaurant slash coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, it, does that help being on the front lines and interacting with people and customer service? Like, does that help you in terms of getting out there and getting those 10,000 hours of interacting with people in so you can be a little, you know, you could be more, uh, you can be better at it, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely helped a lot. I think 
um, with previous like workplace experience. I was, you know, still in customer service, but always on um, more like the service end where people are coming in unhappy and then you're kind of trying to calm them down yeah. and, and, and better their situation. Whereas now what I'm doing, people are already coming in with a better attitude and just generally a lot more happier. So it's a lot easier to interact with people when they're like that. So I think I'm not as scared to interact with people because I'm not afraid of getting yelled at or like, you know, ruining a person's day or maybe even week. Um, so now, yeah, I, I, like I was saying, I try to, to make that effort to talk to somebody because maybe just having that little meaningful relationship can be a highlight in the day, you know, maybe, maybe they just need to vent about something and maybe just that two minute talk with me can alleviate them. So I think there's a lot of power in just little conversation sometimes. Mm -hmm. You also feel like um, you're in your mid twenties, mm -hmm. I'm going to say, I'm going to guess here. And do you feel like it's easier to go out and try something like this, try to do something like this in that age range where you can, you know, you can have multiple jobs and, and do those things. And I don't want to say struggle a little bit more, but mm -hmm. it just seems like it's an easier time in your life to do that. And why not? Exactly. You know, like I think we talk about it's easier to travel when you're younger. It's easier to, uh, you know, move you know, if it's for a job or for some other opportunity when you're younger. So, you know, putting yourself into a position where your art is comes first. Mm -hmm. Is it just easier to do because you're you're at that time in your life where you can, uh, again, struggle isn't the right word, but you can make ends meet mm -hmm. a little bit more easily? Yeah, I think there's less um, responsibility on my end because, mm -hmm. you know, I really only have to, take care of myself. I do have a significant other, but they're taking care of themselves as well. And we work together to make that happen. But I don't think, you know, we don't have the, the burden of, you know, a home or we don't have a child to look after. So there's not a lot of like responsibility overhead. So I feel like there's not as much to lose. Whereas if somebody was in my position and had a child, you know, they couldn't really make that switch of, oh, I don't want to work at this job anymore. Let me, you know, let me go work at a, a business where I'm making a lot less, you know. So I feel like there's a lot less to lose. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. A lot less to lose. Mm -hmm. I like that as a uh, song title as well. Well, let's do a quick song, and then we're going to come back and do a pop quiz. Cool. Rock on. Yeah. So this pop quiz is important. So uh, it's determining if we're best friends, right? If we're best friends. So, and this is not me coming up with the questions. Yeah. Because you know me, it's softy. I would just come up with the easiest questions. Uh, this is from Simon Time Trivia. Okay. Uh, so he does a show. He's basically doing trivia around town seven nights a week. So this guy knows trivia. Mm. So he'll be back in a few minutes. Let's listen to uh, Piebald uh, right now with Long Nights. The album is We Are the Only Friends We Have. I'm just picking the most appropriate songs today. So we're going to hear that in a second on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. The To Be Decided is a YouTube channel where hosts Miller and Davis tell some stories, make music videos, review songs, and create the occasional documentary. For example, one of those documentaries is about the Japanese rock folk band Fishmans. 
If you haven't heard of them before, it's a really interesting story and some really good music. You may have just found a new favorite group. You're welcome. Miller is also responsible for all of the bumper music on this episode, in case you were wondering. Check out youtube.com slash the to be decided for more. Now back to the show. Eyeballed on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, from their album, We Are the Only Friends We Have. That was Long Nights. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to Certain Degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Do I say WPRK twice when I do the intro? Have you I think just that? once. Okay, good. Ryan Semple is here keeping an eye on me and basically being an excellent, excellent guest. Ryan, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Um, if you want to see Ryan's artwork, I suggest you search for Ryan Semple, S-E-M-P-L-E, on the Instagram and the Facebook. Please do so. And if you missed any of the show today, you are missing out. But you can listen to it later on, let's say by Tuesday of next week. Taco, well, T-A-C-D Tuesdays, to a certain degree, Tuesdays. And we'll figure out a natural way to say that at some point. But you can listen to the whole thing if you subscribe to this show, if you go to a certain degree.com, if you go to a website called to a certain degree.com. Did not think about what I was naming this show when I was thinking about that. Uh, but let's get to the important part with Ryan Simple. We have to determine if you're, and this is only for the week, by the way, if we're going to be best friends. You have to pass this pop quiz. You have to get all these trivia questions 100% correct. Uh, all five of them. And so this isn't just me writing trivia. This is trivia from Simon Time. Uh, Simon is amazing. He has his own podcast uh, where he does trivia. He does trivia seven nights a week around the Orlando area. And so he knows trivia. So he's here live via recording he was alive last time I talked to him, so just in case the authorities are looking into anything. <laughs> All right, I'll be keeping score. Are you ready for the first question? Let's do it. Okay. Hey, Nick, this is Simon from the Simon Time Trivia Show, and I've got five art-related questions for your guest today. Here we go. Number one, by what more common name do we know the work of art called La Giaconda? La Giaconda. Mm. What artwork? Yeah, more common name that we know that artwork by. Ooh, I don't know it. You don't know it? Mm-mm. Okay, we'll work it out. Legia. Legia. So Gia sounds relatively feminine. Obviously, yeah. I want you to be my best friend. So it's a work of art featuring a woman. Like the birth of Venus? Is that your answer? I'm going to go with that. Okay. The answer, Mona Lisa. Oh. Uh, Okay. So right now we're bitter enemies, Oh. by the way. If you get four right, we're still really good friends. Okay. Okay. Three, we're okay friends. Two, we might like each other's stuff on Facebook. (laughs) Uh, One or fewer. Blocked. Enemies. (laughs) Enemies. <laughs> like, I am actively trying to sabotage you at that point. Spamming me? 
Oh, worse than that. I'm not going to tell you how. Let's get the second question. Maybe you can avoid it here. Here is question number two. In Grant Wood's painting, American Gothic, it depicts an older man and woman side by side. What is the man holding? What's the guy holding in American Gothic? I'm going to say pitchfork. Pitchfork. Mm-hmm. Is that your final answer? I'm going to lock I it really in. hate myself for saying that. <laughs> the answer, a pitchfork. All right. <sighs> you one right. Still bitter enemies, but you're you're out of the danger zone. That's good. Okay. Are you ready for question number three? What American artist called his studio the factory? American artist. American. Was Andy Warhol American? He had some interesting hair, but I think he was American. Just because you have interesting hair doesn't mean you're foreign. I'm trying to think. Did he have a British accent? Uh, or I don't know if that's just how he's portrayed or if it was an art thing. You know, when art, artists take oh, on these yeah, like, they take, personalities. Like Madonna. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with, let's go with Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol. For the win. The answer, Andy Warhol. Nice. You are fully out of the danger zone. We're just going to like each other's stuff on Facebook currently, but you got, uh, I can't add, so maybe two more questions? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. So let's go to the next one. What style of mural painting involves painting on wet plaster? Wet plaster. Painting on wet plaster. But style? Yep. Wet plaster. Huh. Now, I know you've done a lot in wet concrete. Yeah. You've drawn a lot on those things, gotten uh, banned and warnings from the authorities based on that. Many times. <laughs> um, are we looking for like an art movement? Is that what it is? Or like particular? It's just a, a type of... Uh, the art style, I think. Mm. I'm not sure. Uh, this is tough. Look, it's not easy to be my best friend. Yeah. I, I mean, you, obviously. You put in some obstacles here. <laughs> Man, I, I'm not even sure what a good guess would be. All right. I don't know, Impressionism? Okay, let's see if that is correct. The answer, that is Fresco. Fresco. Oh. I didn't know that one either. I'll be honest with you. Makes sense. Yeah. All right, so you're two and two. So this is make or break right here. Yeah, so this is for really good friendship. A really good... This is for likes on Facebook, right? No, we already got likes on Facebook. Okay. But that's all you got. That's all that matters. Oh. (laughs) Wow. All right. That's dark. (laughs) And our final question. What country was renowned artist Rembrandt from? Mm. I want to say France. You want to say that. Yeah. But maybe you want to think of another country. Okay. Yeah. Rembrandt. Hmm. And 
I wish I could remember his first name because I can't remember if that gives it away. Yeah. I'll even give it to you if you get just the the general area. You're in Europe. Yeah, for sure. Which is good. Yeah. So are we thinking north of France or east of France? I'm thinking north. North. It's a good direction. Yeah. Yeah. Like German? Close. Close. Uh... Not sure. Okay. Uh, All right. What's another, just any country in Europe? Norway. Okay. You know what? That's, I I think that's pretty close. Let's see what the answer is. The answer Rembrandt hailed from the Netherlands. Oh, (laughs) it started with the same letter. I'm going to give you that one. Cool. Yeah. So Simon time, if you like trivia, I would really suggest you go to pftmedia.com. Find Simon Time Show, subscribe to it wherever you subscribe to podcasts. He also, as I mentioned, does trivia seven nights a week around town, and it's a lot of fun to do it with him. He is, I learned from listening to another podcast, uh, Full Frontal uh, Nerdity, he is a former professional wrestler. Oh, and yeah? so he's got that kind of, you know, that that stage presence mm-hmm. when he's doing this stuff. I'm not saying he's going to challenge you to, like, uh, uh, suplex him or anything, but he does... Uh, uh, he has that sort of stage presence, and so it's a lot of fun to go to his shows and stuff. So you can find out more about him at facebook.com slash trivia. And, uh, yeah, so you did really well. Thanks. We're good friends now. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. That's the show. Cool. Yeah. Well, that was a lot of fun. Thank you for being here. And, again, it goes by really quickly because uh, I'm a joy to talk to. Yeah, exactly. You say that. So lovingly. <laughs> uh, so if you missed any of the show, please go to to a certain degree.com. Uh, the show will be up later, but you can always subscribe or follow and get all of that later. I would encourage you to go to Facebook and Instagram, both. Yeah, not just one. one. Not go to both. Even if you don't have an account, go ahead and start an account so you can follow Ryan Semple on either one of those. And that's S E M P L E. Check out his artwork. Do you have any shows or anything coming up? Uh, this upcoming Saturday at the Hanau Contemporary Center, Mm -hmm. I'll have some art on display for, um, we have a musician that's releasing some music. So he invited a couple of visual artists out to display some work. Oh, nice. Um, and then I have a show up in June at the same location. Um, details are still being discussed about that. Um, yeah, those are the two shows that I'm signed up for now. And then, um... I was talking to you earlier about the mural that I'll be working on. So that'll be up shortly. That'll be over in the Milk District area. Mm-hmm. That'll be really cool. So again, follow you so we can see when this stuff is going up and uh, uh, we can do all that. And then if you've never been to the Hanau Center, mm-hmm. either Saturday or when this show happens in June, use this as an excuse to go because it's one of the best kept secrets mm-hmm. in Orlando and one of the best event venues and art galleries in Orlando. So we're talking a little bit about Jose Hanau has been on the show uh, last year. Uh, Just fantastic what he was able to do with that space and how it's, you know, really organically grown, Mm -hmm. right? Because it started out as mainly an art gallery and 
there was a little bit of a performance space and now it's kind of reversed. So it's really become what, you know, what a community center you would think would be, mm. which is what the community needs. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, so I, I love that place and I love seeing artwork there. Yeah, I love going there. I love the events. Yep. I think they're really unique. And um, I think for like underground artists or artists that are just getting started, that's a really good um, beginning spot. You know, if you just want to go and, you know, get over that like fear of showing work or yeah. fear of like interacting with your work on display. I think that's a really good starting place. It Would you say it's one of the, um, like we think about when it comes to artists, you know, it, it could be very clicky. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, and I haven't displayed anything there, but what I've seen there is that it's a very supportive space. Mm. Um, and so I would I would ask you as an artist who's displayed there and who's, you know, gone to a lot of shows there, would you say that's correct? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I've, I've done a handful of shows now there and everybody that comes out has been really awesome to talk to. And I've had a lot of people approach me about my work and, and conversed with me about it or maybe some of the other work there. Mm. And I just feel like you were talking about how it's organically grown and I feel like it's a very organic environment. It's not like your typical gallery where, you know, people might fear going out or there's not a whole lot of conversation organically. Whereas I feel like Canal brings out the best in that. So I just feel like the conversation's there to have with people. So yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed showing my work and also attending the events. Very nice. All right, Ryan Semple, let's, uh, let me just wipe my hand down and we'll shake hands on the air because I think that translates really well. People can see it. Oh, for sure. Just well, like they the can arm wrestling feel, match. They can feel us. Yeah, you are really good. You should go pro. You think? Like it was not even a second that I was up and against you. Now, you punched me in the throat right before you said one, two, three, throat punch, go, and you won. So I think that was a really interesting technique. Well, when um, you signed the contract for me to come on, it I, was in the fine print. So yeah, I'm totally you agree fine with it. that. It's I, I am so unclear on what the actual rules to professional arm wrestling are that it would not surprise me if that was one of them. I you can that. throat punch people. That's so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's listen to a song. Uh, this is Dirty Three. I remember a time when you used to love me and uh, from their album Horse Stories. This one reminded me, uh, I haven't been watching it this season yet because I kind of want to get a few, uh, maybe even all of them done before I just binge it. It's Game of Thrones. So this sounded a little bit Games of Thrones-y. Is that a way to describe something? I think so. Okay, well, it did. And so we'll hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You've been listening to a certain degree. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. Hey, where do you go from here? Tell your friends about how awesome this episode was. Subscribe to the show wherever you subscribe to them. And check out to a certain degree.com. That's T-O-A, certain degree.com. There's not just a few things there. There's not just several things there. It's not just about guests even. There's a bunch of stuff there that you'll probably like. From this episode, one of the takeaways for me was, again, just listening to this idea of people not being passionate about what they do on a day-to-day basis, remembering that they do have a passion for something, and taking a chance on it. It's, it's pretty amazing to keep hearing these stories. You'll hear a lot of them on this show. Some people take a measured approach. They do it on the side until it you know, turns into the thing that can be a career. 
Some people just go after it. So I have to admire every single one of them. Thank you so much for listening. I admire you as well. And I will miss our little talks.